Before we get started, we should have a moment of silence for the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, Her Royal Majesty. Okay, we're good. Let's start the show. Charlie Brooker, welcome to ScreenLab, a program all about television. No, no, I'm Jordan Haas. Welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas, the podcast of all those hot takes. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, yeah, so Queen Elizabeth II's dead. Yep, that's that's the news. I'm American. I don't know why I should care this much about the death of Queen Elizabeth II. I understand there's a whole obsession with the royal family, but to me, it's kind of eerie because like isn't that sort of obsession what led to the death of princess diana in the 90s and this whole uh need to uh basically put them in a fishbowl and watch them 24 7 it's that celebrity culture that i just kind of just don't find that appealing now i i really don't know much about queen elizabeth ii but from what i gather uh paddington bears the grim reaper and loves marmalade sandwiches and queen elizabeth also loves marmalade sandwiches that she keeps them in her purse and i'm gonna make sure that that is historically a true statement now so uh write that down in the history books queen elizabeth ii uh died with paddington bear because that's all the news is telling me right now and uh Apparently, everybody's a-okay with this in the news, and there is no sort of, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't really have a monarchy, uh, and also this whole uh, obsession is bad, uh, protest-wise, uh, is, is sort of happening right now, I'm noticing, and they're kind of whispering it away, uh, because, uh, you know, may maybe it's to keep the things in check. That's been going on with King Charles currently you gotta say king charles now so king charles yeah that's that's how it goes welcome to the show um so it, it's been a very busy week uh to say the least uh so because british television is now frozen for a few days so i'm apologizing right now uh not to, uh, for the jokes about the death of queen elizabeth ii but because most people in britain have nothing to watch for a few days until like the 19th uh, so 11 days of mourning. Why 11? I don't know. It makes numbers happen. So for a lot of British people, they're watching uh, live streams of like YouTube videos and Twitch and maybe they're on Netflix watching Squid Games or something. Uh, so recently, uh, Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy are back. Hooray! You guys love Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy? You know what I love? Uh, we, like a, almost a, like a few days before the premiere of Wheel of Fortune, a photo made the rounds of Pat Sajak King with Madri Taylor Green. Uh, and people are kind of just like going, what the hell is wrong with Pat Sajak? I don't know where Pat Sajak is. Uh, I mean, restaurant Republican and a devout uh, Republican politician in many ways, financing and donating to many 
Republican's campaigns, including Donald Trump. So it's no surprise that he hung with Majorie Taylor Greene. Just because the public persona is some person happy that people win money. No. And for more information, check out Chuck Woolery on social media. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of weird having all that make the rounds. And then, like, today is season 40 of Wheel of Fortune. And you're just like, oh, oh, yeah, that, that's going to that that's not going to hold up well. That's why you just watch Jeopardy. If you're me, you just watch Jeopardy. But they have a really cool light up board. I mean, it looks like a giant touchscreen. It's really cool. Uh, but uh, the, the it, it's been a very uh, busy kind of week. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, California had a heat wave. And I don't mean like a regular heat wave where it's like 100 degrees. No, we were like 110 degrees. It was raining. I mean, last week I was thirsty and very hot. Uh, Saturday, it was raining. There was this weird humidity that even like seeped, through, like almost like the fog. Like the fog. It was so humid. It, the, the wetness went into the the room I'm in and just everything felt sticky gross like I couldn't record anything it you ever like you know like we go to a bathroom mirror and there's that fog that seeps onto the mirror it was like that but I didn't take a shower that was what happened this week and it was kind of weird uh I didn't enjoy that one bit uh I stayed uh very cool by uh basically uh drinking a lot of water and uh, forcing DoorDash people to send over Jamba Juice smoothies. Turns out that was the best cure for all this. So uh, big shout outs to Jamba Juice for sponsoring the heat wave. Uh, other than that, it's been video game central over here. And uh, people have been uh, playing Splatoon 3. It just came out. I did not play Splatoon 3. I don't own a copy but I'm happy for those that are playing with the Splatoon 3. Uh, I haven't been playing it because I got Splatoon 2 and, I mean, I liked it, but didn't fall in love with it. And I'm worrying that'll be the same with Splatoon 3. It's a good team-based shooty game where you're supposed to just fill up the entire board with paint. It's, it's a really interesting uh, squad shooter game. But it's uh, just, I mean, I, to me, I just like the soundtrack. <laughs> I, I would rather just have the Splatoon soundtrack and listen to that than really play the games. Uh, also, uh, this uh, this week, what happened was it's Star Trek Day, a day where we celebrate Star Trek, and uh, may the Force be with you, folks. No, uh, <laughs> so uh, there's a little bit of, of uh, television talk. Uh, Star Trek... Uh, I don't really think there was any announcements necessarily. They were kind of just selling uh, Paramount Plus. Like, hey, check out Picard, Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks. Uh, and for Star Trek fans, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, um, I, I think the, the, the fun part about Star Trek Day is there's everyone wants to talk about a certain aspect of Star Trek, whether it's the movies or the television shows, uh or some people wanted to talk video games. I mean, that's cool, too. Uh, I recently tried to watch uh, Star Trek Discovery. And I will come to the conclusion of Star Trek Discovery is fine. I, I would not say it's the best Star Trek. 
but it, I, it's not, I'm not finding it annoying and not like all these YouTubers are like, ah, it's ruining my childhoods. The Star Trek. It's just an okay one. Um, it makes me wonder, would you count the Orville as a Star Trek show or not? Because a lot of people who are Star Trek nerds kind of like Orville, uh, Seth MacFarlane's show. Uh, if, if you don't know it, it's the one where it's like, holy crap, Spock, it's the Vulcans. Uh, and that's that's what the show works. Um, so it, it's it was an interesting week for Star Trek fans. I, I didn't get the, the pomp and circumstances of Star Wars Day. Even though it's it's a, one of the better star star shows out there, sci-fi shows. Um, <clears throat> but hey, you do you, folks. You do you. Uh, it's also is National Video Games Day. I don't know how to celebrate that, but people really want to know what my favorite video game is, and I I don't have an answer to that. I think video games are different from person to person. I'm one of those random cases. I will say, like, Portal 2 is great, uh, Mario Maker's great, uh, Tabletop Simulator is great, Crazy Taxi great. There's a lot of great video games out there. It fluctuates. Assassin's Creed 2 was great. Uh, Portal, uh, I said Portal 2, but uh, Saints Row III was one of my favorite games for PlayStation 3. There's a lot of different games out there, and the history of gaming is, like, extensive. Like, do you want me to go into the history of Atari? And like, hey, remember when people played Adventure? Like, 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 there's nothing really to bounce off of other than video games are pretty fun sometimes. Um, so let's go straight to State of Play and Nintendo Direct. Uh, that's the news that's coming up uh, as of this recording. Uh, if you listen to it, it's, it's going to be up Monday night. So you probably will be hearing this Tuesday early about the time Nintendo Direct and State of Play have already came out. Uh, so I'm going to probably just screw up royally uh, these predictions because I think a lot of people like to do predictions of what they're going to expect to see. Uh, Nintendo Direct, I just want to say, don't get your hopes up. I think people who do like the hype up and it's going to be, this is the one where, where Mother 3 is finally going to get announced. They're the ones that always shoot themselves in the foot and they get upset over, like, their predictions don't happen. And and to me, like, it's Nintendo. They very rarely come up with, like, great announcements on a Nintendo Direct. They kind of just lay low. So, uh, for me, I'm assuming Nintendo Direct might cover the Mario movie, might cover a few more games for their uh, Nintendo, uh, like, like super nintendo nintendo 64 pass so like hey guys check it out clay fighter 63 the third <laughs> probably not that game but one of those like oh yeah blast core great kind of games oh boy mischief makers we got mischief makers you guys hooray bomberman 64 hooray uh that's probably what you're gonna see a nintendo direct um I think they might be hinting at maybe the next pack because it, it's quarterly. The next Mario Kart tracks, they just came out with a new pack. So they'll probably uh, start working on that one or keep that a secret. Uh, most likely, based on what I'm hearing as the assumption rumors, it's going to be the Nindies. It's going to be the indie games that Nintendo has exclusive rights to. So... 
I don't know what any of those really are. So maybe like, uh, what was it? Uh, so maybe you'll end up seeing like a more dating sim games this this time around and, and like match three games and puzzle games. Maybe you'll hear an announcement of like Arcade Paradise come in the Switch. Just, just some like little things here and there. Um, Goat Simulator. Two or three, the third one. It's even though it's through the rinse, the second one that's a joke. Uh, maybe that will be an announcement. It's going to be indie games, it's going to be mostly indie games showing up. So people are going to just psych themselves up for maybe Breath of the Wild, and I don't think that's going to happen. Although it would be funny if after I say that they show up Breath of the Wild too. Um, but I, I don't see there's going to be much at Nintendo State of Play. I'm oh, sorry, at Nintendo Direct. State of Play is, is PlayStation's uh, little press conference thing. I see what they're going to probably do is uh, a trailer for Last of Us, the the HBO Max show, just like what Nintendo Direct's doing with Mario Movie. Uh, and they will probably show off part two of The Last of Us uh, and hint at a DLC for Horizon Forbidden West because people want more for, of Horizon Forbidden West. And probably, like, maybe a few more games on their Game Pass that are, like, PlayStation 2 classics or, like, PlayStation 3 classics, like, maybe, like, Metal Gear Solid, Snake Eater or something. Even though, I don't know if that's on there or not. But something like that, like, Metal Gear Solid 3 HD is going to be on uh, PlayStation. Because uh, I don't think it's really, even though PlayStation should really be, like, starting to ramp up their game selection and more announcements they're still in the lay low situation there it would not surprise me if their announcements are something like um hey here is more footage of uh of marvel's uh, midnight suns or here is more marvel spider-man uh exclusives it's not a sequel yet but just wait a bit kind of thing because uh, I think Sony's still focusing on their movie division right now, and they're still laying low with the video games. And I don't know if that's just a, a tactic, because they don't have... They want to polish their games during a pandemic, or if it's a case of Sony uh, just trying to uh, lay low their, their original IP, and then just trying to figure out the strategy to just have like the one big release every quarter. So your um, maybe there'll be a Ratchet and Clank game again, or may maybe you'll see uh, uh, may maybe it'll be the time Sly Cooper finally returns. I would love to see Sly Cooper return, but I don't. I doubt it. Uh, in worst case scenario, because this is uh, Sony State of Play, they'll just announce one of those collection packs. So it'll be like, hey, here's a Sly Cooper trilogy, another uh, Spyro trilogy. Even though I think that just came out like for PC, uh, and maybe like something with God of War. Like a God of like God of War Ragnarok, isn't that coming out soon? Is that out now? Ragnarok, God of War Ragnarok. They'll they'll probably show off more of that, uh, and people will be a little bit excited and and have a good time with that because that's it's essentially what these things are. It's just little movie trailers, little commercials for you to get excited about a game. Try pre-order them, get a little hyped about them, and talk about them on the internet and speculate what they're all about because that's what they want. They want word of mouth marketing because that's how these games kind of sell these days it's not really uh, a game magazine or or like a, a tv host going hey check out this cool game no it's it's just twitch streamer and podcaster going so i saw state of play i'm so hyped about 
Uncharted, uh, Nathan Drake leg long legacy, and it's like a new sequel to Uncharted, even though Uncharted Five came out. Like one of those. It's gonna be one of those. Maybe Assassin's Creed. They'll show off more of Assassin's Creed. Uh, if it's one thing uh, Sony's really good at, <clears throat> it is like showing off the third party titles, especially Ubisoft games. So uh, hopefully they'll they'll incorporate that a bit more. Uh, obviously, there's a bit of a challenge because current events are saying Sony raised the value of the PlayStation 5 in other countries, and obviously they won't bring that up, uh, but they will probably try and sell to audiences. Why are we worth that much money? And the answer is because we have a, we have, um, we, uh, well, there's, um, there's well that's a great question that there's great games coming soon to the playstation team that's uh exclusive we have um kingdom hearts yeah that's about that's about it what we got um so yeah that's that's been kind of what what's gonna be happening probably in the next few hours as you listen to this unless it's already over and i'm wrong completely dead wrong uh we'll see what happens in the exciting world of uh game shows a pictionary made its debut tonight with jerry o'connell and you can definitely say it's a it's a game show yep that's a game show and the other thing in television is, of course, the Emmys. It is Emmys, TV's biggest night. And everyone's excited to see who wins. Is it Ted Lasso in succession like last year? I know Squid Games got nominated. I know people are excited about uh, Abbott Elementary. But I'm, I'm going to say it's Ted Lasso, and I think it's going to be uh succession because things don't change that well even though i think they want to do better call like maybe i'll do a tribute to, be to better call saul maybe i don't know I'm, I'm recording this before the show and then i'm going to record everything else in the paid version uh afterwards so i'm going to be probably dead wrong on the emmy predictions uh but that, that's my guess they're just going to stick to ted lasso in succession um and it, it's going to be an interesting uh, kind of few weeks right now because, like, it, 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 we are now in that weird adjunct where it, it's the summer shows are ending, fall shows are beginning, and schedules are still kind of tangled, and there's still current events, and everything's now football. And, like, this is the first year where Amazon is doing uh, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. So it, it's going to be one of the wildest kind of years in television if you ask me because amazon has football and now i'm not like the a diehard sports fan so i'm, I'm sorry uh, maybe you are a sports person if you're listening to this um i kind of like sports in the same way uh the the people behind the scenes like like sports where it's the how much is the rating and the marketing grab the celebrity ability of the nfl that that kind of thing uh so so something like Thursday Night Football, can that get reached to football fans? Are they going to get a prime membership to watch football games, or, or are they not? That, that's, to me, the question. 
uh, that's on my mind. Uh, I want to argue, maybe not, but I don't know how many people actually watch Prime Video. I mean, most of the people who I know watch it are watching it for, like, the boys, or they are using it for, like, the, the Prime shipping, the two days free shipping, and some of the other benefits of Amazon Prime, not necessarily the TV lineup, even though for me, I really love Documental and Last One Laughing. Those are two really funny comedy shows, and oh man, now I really want to rewatch those shows. <sighs> but I have to watch the Emmys in like a few hours, so this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to be a little impatient. I'm a little impatient right now. Sorry about that, audience. Um, so this is going to be one of the weirdest episodes, so forgive me uh for for this uh for the free version uh so that that was kind of what was on the docket is uh you know the queen list is dead people are caring about that and boy is it weird to be a game show fan right now uh however uh the last thing i want to do uh because you know heat wave fucking hate this heat wave heat wave was gross um the last thing I want to like talk about, uh, obviously, D23 happened. I'm going to be talking about that in length in the next part. Uh, but for the free version, I'm going to just uh, give a few of my thoughts here. Uh, I think it's very cute that a lot of people love uh, Disney D23. I, I think uh, there is that core Disney audience that loves Disney and will celebrate Disney till the end of the day. And I'm glad Disney has realized this and came out with their own expo. And basically that cult of Disney has its audience. People love it. And I think that's really noble. Um, I really uh, wanted to keep track. Like for this episode, I really want to get like every piece of news about what happened at D23. And I couldn't. Like, and I don't mean, like, hype. I don't want, like, hey, guys, check it out. There, there, there's going to be so-and-so in Star Wars. No, I don't give a fuck about the, the, the... There's going to be Grogu in the Star Wars land. The, the Disney Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I see you driving around town, Grogu. That, that joke. Remember when I did that joke? It was a funny joke. Um, so... I, I didn't want that. I wanted, like, hey, Disney announced this show, this show, this show, uh, this show, this thing, this movie, this ride, this, like, just, like, a little list. Like, hey, they announced this. Is pro like, that's all I care about. Like, with a little synopsis, kind of like an upfront in television. I love upfronts. That's the best thing in the world, is that here's our cool new shows that we have faith in. We hope you enjoy them. I love that. It is like an, it's like E3, it is like a Nintendo Direct, it's, here's our show, Abbott Elementary, you're gonna enjoy it. And I went, okay, maybe. Uh, and it, it, this is, this is kind of just like, I'm not getting anything. Anything D23 Expo is met with like, well, look at the merch. And look at this costume from other people not from us just like fans look at the fan cosplay contest with Yvette Nicole Brown okay but I really just want to know like hey, what what the what about Disney plus am I getting this this year next year hey what's gonna happen with the theme parks are we gonna get like an extension of Tomorrowland are we uh is there gonna be any cool new churro ideas like food innovations what, what are we looking at no I didn't get shit and that 
annoyed me. So I have to do my research, and I'm probably going to do that like during commercial breaks, of, of what happened at D23, and talk about that in the paywall version, because it's just, it's really fucking annoying. Um, so uh, that is it uh, with, with this version. I know, very cheap. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about, I guess for the, just for fun, is essentially there is uh, the, the wrestling news that CM Punk thing happened and the Young Bucks, they had a fight and Punk got uh, suspended and that was funny because he was all like Cole Cabana has a mom bank account and then like the Bucks were like that's not cool dude and like they, they fought and it was funny and they're all suspended and I'm just going to assume that there's going to be a big shake up at AEW and maybe WWE soon so it wouldn't surprise me, just a heads up. Just folks, just give a heads up here. Don't be surprised if Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks show up at WWE next year or two years from now. And do not be surprised if Punk is fired, even though he's, I think, injured now. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, time for wrestling. Um, I kind of uh, am just waiting for that AEW game to show up. And see what happens. Same with the WWE game. I want to know, like, hey, what's up with these games? I want to get more. Give me more. Feed, uh, feed me the s'mores. I like s'mores. Uh, so that that's it. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. It's kind of a weird, weird kind of week of news. It's like, how am I going to report all of this pieces of news? Like, hey. Uh, Stuff happened. I'm a journalist. This is all I could say as as a person who usually tries to offer up the headlines and then come up with opinions. Stuff happened. It was weird. That's all I could come up with. Um, I I I have to check on HBO Max. I have to check on Netflix. Um, oh yeah, uh, Netflix. The Mole is coming out October, and they are doing ten episodes. The first five episodes is in week one. Then week two is three episodes, and then the final week is the final two episodes. So they get rid of half the cast in week one. Then they go to the final three in week two, leading with the final mission, the final test, and who's the mole and winner in week three. And I, 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 I just don't know if this is going to work. I mean, the part of like the mole that I think is kind of one of the best parts is that social media engineering of who people suspect the mole is and talking about sabotages uh that that kind of thing that you kind of saw in uh claim to fame and that you saw in a uh, mass singer it's that well it could be this it could be that and for something like the mole where it's supposed to be almost like weekly like let's recap and and come up with notes and figure out who we think it is uh, it's kind of feels like they're only going to put out for three weeks and that's Netflix. So just like Netflix, uh, shows in general, uh, enjoy this one new season of the mole and get ready to see it get canceled after that one season. Or if they ever get a new season of the mole, get ready for it in like 2025, like five years into the future, four years into the future, even though 2025 is three years in the future. Wow. I, I butchered that joke. Um, 
But yeah, that's that's usually how Netflix runs things. So that is going to do it here. Uh, let's uh, take away with today's top story. In the not too distant future, next Sunday, AD, there was a guy named Jonah, not too different from you or me. He worked at Gizmonic Institute, just another mug in a yellow jumpsuit. A distress call came in for him at half past noon. That's when an evil woman trapped him on the dark side of the moon. I'll send him cheesy movies, the worst I can find. He'll have to sit and watch them all, and we'll monitor his mind. Now keep in mind that Jonah can't control when the movies begin or end. So we'll have to keep his sanity with the help of his robot friends. Campbell. Sorry, we couldn't get the actual theme song. Also, I don't know if we just broke copyright claim. Uh, fair use. It's fair use commentary criticism. That's all the people do these days. You just say, commentary criticism. We're good. We can play the full version of the MST3K theme. We're good. We're doing. It's commentary criticism. That's what we're doing. Yep. Uh, also, I don't know how much to uh, if Harmar Superstar will ever like sue me <laughs> if, if the case. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> I really want to talk about one of my favorite television shows of all time this week because mostly I don't want to pigeonhole this show to be about video games or game shows or current events. So I decided, why not Mystery Science Theater three thousand? That'd be a great topic. It's almost Thanksgiving by a few months but still better now than when everybody does this for turkey day i recently subscribed to the gizmoplex a new streaming thing that is really just a vimeo account but with graphics for all the mst3k nerds here's the best part the free version that is free free has almost everything from the 90s era of mystery science theater so if you want manos the hands of fate or Joel saying it stinks, or Pearl Forrester getting revenge on Mike Nelson. It's all there. For zero dollars. I wonder if this is Shout Factory or not. For seasons 11 and 12, which are the Netflix years with Jonah Ray, uh, you can buy them digitally for $40. I did not do this option, even though I unsubscribed to Netflix and I really love Mac and me. But this new season... Season 13 was the one that made me curious. It's currently worth $150 for season 13 and accompanying live stream shows, $130 for just the episodes, and 5 bucks to rent an episode. And so I rented a few episodes. And admittedly, I was very, very confused. Mystery Science Theater now has two concurrent hosts going back and forth. Jonah and Emily, and everything looks to be done on a green screen. 
Felicia Day and Penn Oswald continue their roles as King of Forrester and TV son of TV's Frank as they try to rebuild a legacy by using their moon base as a theater to air the show itself, jokingly stealing the schematics from Netflix and acknowledging the lack of budget. And I like Emily as the host. She's a puppeteer by trade, so her interacting with the puppets, Tom Servocro and GPC, have been delightful. She is really good at reading lines, although on occasion the skits done on the show feel a little too YouTube reviewer now. Lots of womp womp at the cameras in the sketches. The bad news is if continuity is what is your forte for what amounts to comedians riffing on cheesy movies, Jonah is sort of just there now. What began as delivery driver helping is now just sort of Guy in a few episodes reminding people he's still a host. So you get two flavors of host, Jonah and Emily, and it gets confusing. To make matters worse, Joel is back riffing as a bonus episode this year, which is also strange. I would love to go through my history of this show, from watching a Turkey Day marathon in the 90s, and then trying to find the time to watch it on Sci-Fi with Mike, and then later, when it ended, to try and watch it again on Saturday afternoons on Sci-Fi Channel, right around the time four kids ended their block. And then there's all sorts of other events, from renting VHS tapes, including Mystery Science Year 3000, the movie, a blockbuster video, to illegally downloading episodes on Kazaa on my PC I got in middle school, to the countless streams I watched on GBS TV, back when Something Awful was an interesting place and full of Mystery Science Theater 3000 nerds, and they ran a marathon of that show every Thanksgiving in homage to it. Then bringing it to modern day, where Shout Factory had Twitch stream marathons, and it leads to Kickstarters and the funding of that, and now this, the Gizmoplex, that for the price of a video game, about 60 bucks, you get a full season of Mystery Science Theater. Well, a cheaper version of Mystery Science Theater. I, I'm unsure if this was just because of the pandemic or because they couldn't afford a warehouse or studio for a few weeks to record host segments, but it was very cheap. My biggest gripe with the Netflix MST3K episodes was it felt overproduced. Like every nerdy comedian wanted to cameo or give a riff, and MST3K fans donated to submit riffs, and even though it felt unnecessary to a scene, that it felt like a celebration of Mystery Science Theater 3000 instead of a new season. This version feels like the tribute concert version if you go into the show only seeing Emily, Patton, and Felicia and hearing new voices for Crow and Servo. But that is not to say it's not terrible. Even if it's a low-cost version, it felt like it has a ton more heart and more room to breathe, especially when it comes to movies like Munchie or Robot Wars. Is it worth it? I think if you are a hardcore fan of the show, absolutely. But if you aren't, I suggest giving the old episodes a watch for free and then see what the hubbub is. 
The big elephant in the room, however, time has passed Mystery Science Theater by. Joel tried to resurrect the show with Cinematic Titanic. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy have done riff tracks back in 2006 at a time when podcasts were novel, and now just about any jackass with a microphone can say whatever they want to a public in the hopes of being recognized, but we all know it's just a pitiful cry for help and oh god, I'm talking about myself. Rift Tracks has carried the football when MST3K died, and it's been over a decade. They riffed on bad movies like The Room. They've riffed on popular movies like Star Wars and The Fast and Furious. Some of them have live shows, and you could watch them on Amazon Prime Video, and others are still just the MP3s for you to look, and syncs automatically to the movie. They have celebrities do commentaries and riff with them, and they even have a video game made by the What The Dub people. And on the Riff Tracks website, you can watch a few MST3K episodes as well. There is a bit of an overlap. I'm not saying there is competition, but the one host who hasn't showed up on this revival is Mike. And that's been a frustration point, even though they are all friends ultimately in this weird riffing thing. Which leads me to the last subject, the impact of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Back in ye olden time, I was a real internet asshole. I was commentating over people's YouTube videos. Some have become more common, like Kickassia, and others thankfully forgotten. Remember Red Supray? Maybe making fun of children playing games is not a good look to anybody, and yes, I know I would look like a piece of shit if you just found out. Just giving you the heads up, cancel culture isn't, look, they did the bad thing, it's holding them accountable, and I'm just trying to be upfront here, hey, I did unpleasant things, I know they are shitty, let's just move along. Anyway, the riffing culture has now become a bit more mainstream. When you see Twitch streamers do watch-alongs, they riff on the content. When you see the success of Let's Play videos, the common response is the Mystery Science Theater 3000 of video games, because it's commentating on a game as it is playing on. Although, I don't know how many Let's Play channels have puppets, but I'm sure there's a handful. Commentating over videos is still a thing. Rather, it's riffing on current events in the news, people doing live reactions to game events, newsflash, it's all going to be very disappointing. You'll probably pre-order it when it's available and wish it was a full game, even though the $100 title you thought was too much, or it's the cutaway commentary that you see sometimes done on YouTube where people try to, um, actually... Feminist YouTubers or people crying because they are heartbroken. Yeah, there are real pieces of shit on the internet still. I do this thing now, but somewhere out there is a guy pissed off some content creator played a video game incorrectly. And the more you get investment in, in the content creators in general and go down that rabbit hole, the more it just becomes creepy and awkward. Like, I really don't care Darkseid Phil is a piece of shit or is bad at games. He's not the only guy in the world that plays games. There's millions of people. Why am I bringing up all this yucky stuff up? Because that is not Mystery Science Theater 3000 or Riff Tracks or the culture of it. When MST3K did a riff, they aren't riffing to make a call to action to hurt Joe Don Baker or Harold B. Warren. It's done to have light 
commentary over the makings of movies. And unfortunately, that sort of cheerful opera tune is lost in most media criticism these days. But that is for another episode. The modern-day movie people are your cinema sins nitpick fuckboys. Screen junkies, which are SEO-driven, and then you have red-letter media, who are most likely to be the next generation's MST3K, given Mike and Jay and Rich are seen as characters, while also offering their criticisms of modern movies and really tacky black-spine how-to videos that back in the day would be called shorts on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes, that was all this was about. The internet is a cruel, brutal place. Mystery Science Theater 3000 was done out of love, and while the original MST3K was based out of Minnesota and Red Letter Media is based in Wisconsin, there's somewhat of the same attitude of movies with both. I came into this article wondering, do we still need a Mystery Science Theater 3000? After watching the new version that is Back to Basics, watching a Rift Tracks episode, a Red Letter Media Best of the Worst review, and just searching commentary on YouTube and Twitch, I've come to the conclusion that it's not really the best way to end this. Not really. But it's better than most of the homages online. Not everybody is good at writing jokes or telling improvised jokes off the top of their head. Not everybody understands why movies are weird or boring or bad or cheesy. And you can't just one-to-one -one that style. Trust me, I live react to Games Master on the Patreon. Sometimes, I'm just awkwardly sitting there. And honestly, if I had the money, time, and budget, and a legal team to, get, to not get Nintendo or Sega or Sony mad at me... I would try and figure out what the MST3K of games really is, because I don't think it's just playing while talking over it, because GameCenterCX does it better, and it's not pre-record the game footage and then commentate over that with scripted riffs, because video games take too long, and even if you have the gameplay footage, take into consideration failures or retries or just rest breaks. And the more and more you go into just riffing on the story, the more it becomes a game review. And game reviews exist online. That's Angry Video Game Nerd. That's X-Play. It already exists. Ah, fuck. Now I'm just going around circles because the talk was Mr. Science Theater 3000. And we're on internet people, which leads back to the riffing I did earlier, which leads back to my history of Mouse 2.3K, which leads to question the storyline of the new version, which leads back to the final thought. Ah, you know what? It's just a show. I should really just relax. Ah, son of a bitch. Ah, damn it. Damn, damn. All right, uh, so hey, hey, it's, um, this is the end of the demo edition of uh, the free trial. What do you call this? Like the free version? <laughs> free trial edition of a podcast run Haas. I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, if you want, hand over to patreon.com slash Haas. And you'll get an extended cut of this episode featuring a lot more articles, a paywalled news section, and more. Uh, this week, there is a review of Arcade Paradise, uh, a big discussion about Disney, and of course, Jackbox Party Pack 4, among other things. So, I hope to see you around soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.